welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. I'll just read the first five verses, Romans 12, 1 to 5. Romans 12, 1 to 5. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. In our limitations, we don't know what it means. These are your words, O oh God, given to us. Lord, we ask that by your spirit, let him interpret your word to us in a way that we will understand. And that is what will be meaningful to our own lives every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the mind actually... And the body, they go hand in hand. There is no way you can separate a person's body from the mind. Because most of the time, as you say, I think 100% of the time, our bodies, we move our bodies to action based on what the mind produces. So the mind, actually, it is where the information, gather information, and then it builds it up, and then the way our coordination is, then it connects our body to act. And our mind is affected by sometimes what we see, is affected by what we hear, is affected by sometimes the environment where we find ourselves in. All those things, they actually help to fit the mind in one way or the other. So that means that if we hang around people who speak good things to us, then we are feeding our minds with good things. If we get used to things that we see, things that we're not supposed to watch, if we are feeding our minds with such things. And just the way the mind function is, when you build up the mind in a way, then whatever you, you build the mind up with, it will move the body into action. I remember when uh, the computer, in the, in the computer days, when computers started uh, some few years ago, people, you hear this jargon, they say, junk in and junk out. So what you feed the mind with, the body responds exactly what you feed the mind. So today, I want us to talk about this little church, house church uh, in Rome that was, uh, Paul was addressing. Uh, let me give a, just a quick, short, small background of, of, this, of this, this, uh, this book of Romans. So Paul actually, the church actually started as house church. The, 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 it, it is not really certain when it started. But it started like a prayer cell, a house church. You know, it started like house churches. The, the church in, Romans, in Rome started like house churches. 
And so Paul, actually, he wrote this letter to them while he was in Corinth. And while at Corinth, Paul was on his way to Jerusalem to deliver some offerings to, from the Gentile, from a Gentile church to the poor Christians in Jerusalem. And so the church came as a result of, as is believed, that there were visitors from Rome and other places who used to come to Jerusalem for Pentecost. So as they came, the Jews and non-Jews as well, when they came to Jerusalem, they, they became converted. And when they became converted now, then they, they joined those churches, those house churches. And a good example of this is uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, who was sent away by this wicked king, that they ran away, came there, and then they became members of, members of this church. So the content of Paul's letter shows that the churches experience tensions between believers from different backgrounds. So this church, it, it constituted of people of different places, different backgrounds. And of course, we know, humanly speaking, that whenever there is a congregation made of people from different backgrounds, there is always that tendency of tension, and it was affecting the church. And of course, there was also some wrongful teachings, wrongful doctrines in the church, which Paul was also trying to address. So Paul wanted them to be united. The purpose of this was that Paul wanted them to be united and to avoid dissension, that is disagreement that leads to discord. And he wanted to address also the issue of false teaching. Paul wrote this letter to impart spiritual strength to the believers at Rome or in Rome. Now, this short passage, actually, I'm going to divide it into two. In the first two verses, Paul makes an appeal for believers to present their bodies to Christ and not to conform to this age. But he also wants them to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. And then in the second two verses, Paul actually preaches equality in Christ and unity of, of the body. Now, we are talking about the mind here. The mind is something that, you know, it, it, it is that part of our being whereby if we don't, we are not very, very careful, we will allow any kind of junk to, to nourish it, to fill it. And that is why as Christians, Paul was writing to the people of the church at Rome. He said, therefore, brothers and sisters, Paul addresses them, brothers and sisters, these are believers. This is a group of believers. Paul is very particular here. He makes sure that he, he, he addresses them, brothers and sisters. He's calling them not because it's not a biological brothers and sisters. They are brothers and sisters in the Lord. So anyone who has received Christ, made Christ as personal savior, Paul is also, this letter of Paul also pertains to you. So he said, brothers and sisters. So these were Christians. These were believers that Paul was addressing them. He said, in view of the mercies of God. Paul uses in view of the mercies of God. All of them here, they believe in Christ. All of them here, they have received Jesus Christ. And all by the mercies of God. So Paul says, in view of by the mercies of this God that me and you, we are serving. In the name, like somebody will say, I beg you in the name of God. I beg you in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul is making some correlation between the simple reason upon which all of them, they stand. He said, I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you. He said, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So the first thing Paul mentioned, he says that to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does it mean to present your bodies as a living sacrifice? You know, Christians, the, John, uh, Paul again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, he says this. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed and behold, all things have become new. So that means that as children of God, the life that we live is a life that is godly. A life that is Christ-like. When he said present as a living sacrifice, remember before you received Christ, you made a sacrifice. There were certain things that you let go in order to embrace Christ. In order to, as a Christian, before you became a child of God, there were certain things that you let go. And then you received Christ. That was a sacrifice. So Paul is saying that when you present yourself as a living sacrifice, it's a total committed life, loyal, obedient, committed to Jesus Christ or to God. Means that if there is one reason that you are living, let it be to please God. That is what in a, in a simple definition to present your body as a living sacrifice. Means that anything that you do, you make sure that Christ is glorified in it. Anything you say, you make sure that God is glorified in it. Anything you see, you make sure that God is glorified in what you're seeing. Anywhere you go, you make sure that God is being glorified wherever you are going. Even at your sacred, anytime your existence, as a matter of fact, should be the one that God should be glorified in it. Living for God, living for Jesus, period. That is a living sacrifice. You live a life that is not your own. A life that is solely purposed to please no one else but God. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. You know, today, if we Christians, we could, we should present ourselves as living sacrifices, then the world will know our God better. The world will see the light through us better. You know, but we are sometimes cut up with this, this, this track of, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I don't want to step on somebody's toes. No, I don't want to make somebody to look bad. No, the Bible says that I should not judge. So I don't want to feel like, make somebody feel like I'm judging them. No. We are the light. We, are, we as believers, we are the light. So we ought to shine as that light. By shining as that light, we ought to present ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice by making a difference. By making a difference. Then he said, holy. When Paul said, present your bodies as living sacrifice, it means total dedication to the living, total dedication to the living, uh, to, to living for God. Now, when we make ourselves also, present ourselves also as a living sacrifice unto the Lord, it, it shows the cost of following Christ. Complete surrender, absolute loyalty to God. Now, in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus says, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looked back, is fit for the kingdom of God. It means that that moment when you decide and made a decision that you are uh, you're giving your life to Christ, you should be going further. No turning back. No turning back to the things that you had abandoned. No turning back to the vomit that you have abandoned. 
No looking behind. Just move forward. That is living a life of sacrifice unto the Lord. It talks about holy. Holiness is one of the very, very big things with us. The Bible, as a matter of fact, tells us, Paul, again, he says in Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he says, Paul talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we need to keep our bodies holy. In Peter, some of the things he says that, be holy for I am holy. That was Christ saying, for without holiness, no one can see God. So holiness is a big thing. It's a big thing. So Paul was urging this church not only to present themselves or their bodies as a living sacrifice, but also to live a holy life for Christ. Then he talks about acceptable or pleasing unto the Lord. We, we need to live a life that any time, at any reason, at any time, you should with that confidence know that you can represent God wherever you are. Without thinking about doing something or without thinking of having done something that is displeasing unto the Lord. Your life at every time should be holy, should be acceptable and pleasing unto the Lord. Because Paul said that when we do all these things, this is a true sign of worship. So living holy, presenting our bodies as a sign of sacrifice unto the Lord is a sign of worship unto the Lord. Obedience to the word is a sign of worship. And that is what Paul brings. Then we jump now and go to verse 2. In verse 2, he says that, Do not be conformed to this age. This is very important. He says, Do not be conformed to this age or to this world. That means that this age or this world has its own rules and has its own ways of life that does not conform with that of the Lord. It has its own ways of doing things that does not approve, that God's word does not approve. It is true, we are living in a world that all kinds of evil they are going on. We are living in a world that has, every day we have different kinds of challenges. In fact, as a matter of fact, this, the, the, the world that we live in, they have their own way of doing things. They have their own, their own laws. They have their own social inclinations. They have their own way of doing things. So Paul says that as we live in this world, do not conform. Do not conform. So Paul was telling you that as you live in this world, you will face all the trials of trying to give in to the things of the world. The pleasure of the things of the world, you will be tempted to follow. They have their own way of doing things. The world has its own way of looking at marriage. As Christians, the Bible tells us marriage is between one man and one woman. But what does the, the, what does the world tell us? The world says that marriage is between a man and a man, a woman and a woman. So that is why Paul says that do not be conformed to this age because they have their ways of doing things. The world says that fornication is okay, adultery it's okay. All kinds of sin and evil out there, it's okay. It is life. Chase those pleasures. Fill yourself. Satisfy yourself. That is what the world says. Paul is saying that no, don't conform to this age. What they stand for, it is against what the Bible says. So as we live in this world, we are passers by. I've never heard anybody who has lived forever. 
not any mortal man. So all of us, we are passers-by. There are people that we met here who are no longer here. So all of us, in due time, we will pass. This world is not our home. So as we still have the God's grace to live, let us not conform to the standard of this world. Because the standard of this world, they are parallel to the standard of God's word. And Paul draws that very, very, very seriously. He draws that very, very seriously. Be not conformed to the world. The regulations are different. The rules are different. Social norms, the laws, the standards, they are all contrary to the word of God. And that is why it is important as a child of God to know the word. Jesus says, meditate on the word day and night. Because when we know the word of God, actually, when those moments of trials and temptation comes, then the word of God is, you stand with the word of God and say, no, according to the Bible, this is wrong. I'm not going to follow this because the Bible says it is wrong. If your name is Peter, I call you Paul. Are you going to respond to me as your name? That is not your name. You can only respond or can only answer your name. Pastor Dan, if I call you Pastor Peter, is that your name? That's not your name. Your name is Daniel, right? So we are Christians. So at any time, Christians should be able to stand on the truth. And that is the word of God. Nobody should come at any time and try to tell you that Jesus did not die for you and you believe that. Then you are not a Christian, right? So that's the importance of knowing the word. Paul says, do not, do not conform to this age. Do not conform to this age. Things of this age runs parallel to the things of God. When we conform, the following happens. When we conform to this age, our spiritual eyes become blinded. We lose the power of discernment. When we conform to this age, we become disobedient children of God. When we conform to this age, our relationship with God becomes tainted. God does not condone sin. When we become conformed to this world, then we are lost. When we become conformed to the things of this world, then we should be waiting to go to hell if we don't repent. The devil has nothing good to offer. And everything the devil does is just contradicting the things of the word of God, the things of God. Paul says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How should a mind be transformed? Daily Bible reading. True prayer, run away from sin, evil, if left unto you. We need to worship and praise God, meditate on God's word. Do not forsake the assembly of the righteous, Hebrews 10, 25. Those are the things that we do to, to, to transform our minds with. And I love this passage very, very much. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul says, that, And every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So how do we do this if we don't know the word of God? We can take every thought contrary. We can hold every thought captive when we know the word of God. When we stand on the word of God and, and, and read it and master it and know it and keep it in us every day. So we need to, our minds every day, we need to transform. Every day is a new beginning. Every day is a new beginning. We need our minds to be transformed. The way Paul the way I understood this is like every day 
we need to offload our mind and put in something. Because the way the mind functions, we need to upload every day. Because every day we are put in a situation where our eyes, we are being intoxicated. Our ears, we are being intoxicated. Sometimes the things that we go around, we are being intoxicated. So we need to do what? We need to upload all those things, take them off every day, and then renew our mind as God's children and live from every day. Because that is the work of the Satan. That is the work of the devil. Come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he does this in so many ways. So, but the mind has a very, very important role to play in the life of a Christian, the life of believers. Again, like I said, if we associate ourselves with people and hear some of the things that they say that is not pleasing unto the Lord, before you know it, those words are ringing in our minds. And and before you know it, you start to say it. And before you know it, you start to act contrary. When we go to places that we're not supposed to go, they contaminate us because they are, we are nourishing our minds with those things. And before we know it, we start to act that way. On the light side, as a child of God, when we feed our minds all the time with God's word, we, before you know it, you find yourself being controlled by the spirit, ruled by the spirit, lived by the spirit, live in the spirit. That is how it is. There is no way this mind can be empty. You either fill it with the spirit or you fill it with, 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 with the things of Satan. And whatever we fill our minds with, we move towards that direction. So, but Paul said, we should not be transformed. We should be transformed. We should not be, we should not be conformed to this age, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And he said that so that you may discern what is a good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, Paul said in the, the second part of verse 2, so that you may discern. How can you discern the things of the Lord when your mind is clothed with the things of the world? You cannot. Until we free our minds from the things of the world, we, fill, we empty our minds from those deceptive things of the world, then now we are able, according to Paul here, to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We cannot know God's will and God's purpose for our lives when we allow our minds to be filled and nourished and fed by things that are contrary to the scripture. When we empty our minds from all those things and use and fill our mind and, and, and transform our mind by the things of the Lord, then we can be able to discern God's perfect will and purpose for our lives. Amen? Then Paul goes now in uh, verse, verse uh, 3 to 5. In verse 3, Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Remember that this church, actually, there are people of diverse backgrounds here. There are people of diverse backgrounds, diverse gifts, diverse skills. And it is common when a church where different people come from different backgrounds and different 
places and different everything when they come, there is that possibility of strife. There is that possibility of, you know, people always want to show that I know more than you. But Paul, in this wise, Paul was actually trying to maintain unity in the church. Paul said that nobody should in any way look at his or herself as they are more than the other one. Because you know what? The same God that we serve has distributed the various gifts to each and every one. And that is why in church you find somebody as a preacher, somebody can pray, somebody can sing, somebody can teach. All those diverse gifts is for one purpose, for the sake of the church, not to glorify individual self. So nobody should not in any way think that even though maybe you are just an usher standing out there, your own function is least important. No. Nobody should think that because they, are, they, they, they have this particular gift or particular position, they are more important. No. This is what Paul is saying. So nobody should look at, this, at themselves more important than the other one. Because in verse 5, he says, In the same way, we who are many... Now, in, that, in the part of that verse 4, now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So, all of us, it's just like this, my five fingers, they, they form in this arm. You have the thumb and all these fingers. All of them, they are joined together in this one hand. So, they are one member of this, my body. Even though they, they are different, they may function differently, but they are one in one body. So that is what Paul is saying. So even though we have all these different gifts, we are also, we are all one member. We are members of one body. So no one should think highly of his or herself. So Paul actually was emphasizing the importance of the unity here in the body of Christ. So Paul starts by pleading with them here, say, brothers, that in view of the mercies of God, that you present the bodies as a living sacrifice. And Paul goes on, he says that they should not conform to the standard of this world, but that they should transform by the renewing of their mind. And then he goes on to tell them that, listen, nobody th should think of his or herself more highly or more important than the other person, because all of us here, God is the one who has given all those gifts. And the purpose of that gift is actually for the sake of this church. So Paul was trying to address this situation that was happening in the church in Rome. And I want to end here also to tell us this. That listen, if we must live and live and please God and, and, and live a, a decent, if I should say decent Christian life, then the first thing like Paul said, we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That every time that you get up in the morning and you find yourself you are still breathing, just say this is another day to live for the Lord. That everything that you do, everything, ask yourself, if I'm going this place, if I'm doing this thing, how is that giving glory unto the Lord? The things that I listen to, the things that I watch, the, thing that I, the, play, the friends that I hang out with, does that please God? Then Paul talks about, do not conform to this standard or to this age. The world has its own ways. And if we must follow the ways of the Lord, then be ready to pay the price. And the price of following the things of the Lord is you, ab 
the price of following the things of the world is to abandon the road of Christ. I don't think anybody wants to do that. That is the price to pay. The world will give you whatever you want only if you decide, you decide to abandon the course for which you brought up. That is Jesus Christ. Please let us allow our minds, let us not allow the things of the world to choke us up. The passions of the world, the lustful desires of the flesh to choke us up. And then he says that do not, we should do what? We should be transformed by the renewing of our hearts, of our mind. The word of God is there. Study the word of God. Pray. Like we come to church. Those are the things that renew our minds. We should not go to those places when we know that when we go there, it's not going to help us in any way. And then lastly, Paul is telling us that all of us here, we serve the same God. No one, no one, none of us should think of his or herself highly more than the other person. Because all of us, God has given us gifts separately or differently. And every gift that God has given you is for the body, is for the body of Christ. It's not for you for your own self-glorification. It's to glorify his name through, through his body, which is the church. And I pray that we should, as we live from here, we should know that there are challenges out there. The world will fight and continue to fight. There are so many. Somebody said, anytime you wake up from your bed, you have millions of demons competing for your attention. Trying to feed you with all wrong things and give you all wrong ideas. But as a child of God, you have Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. We have God. We have the Bible. That should be our concern. That any day, every day, please, brothers and sisters, every day, pray and commit your activities in the hands of the Lord. Say, God, I want to please you. I present my body as a living sacrifice unto you, Lord. Help me to live out for you throughout this day. It has to be something that is not, it has to be every day, the renewing of our mind every day. So that we'll have, at the end of, at the end of it all, we'll have so many reasons to give God our glory because we depended upon him. Amen? And when we depend on the Lord, the Lord will not fail. Can we be on our feet? I just want to give this opportunity for anybody who um, maybe this short message has taught you in a way and you want to just see God's face in anything. You can come forward and just pray unto him. Is there anybody? Okay, Father, we want to thank you so much for this word you've given us. And we know that God, no word is stupid. No vessel is stupid. Lord, you can use anyone and any vessel and anything to pass your word to your people. Father, bless your word. Help us, O oh God, to look and depend only onto you. Help us to see you beyond. Help us, O oh God, to put our focus only in you. Direct our path. May you bless us this evening. Protect our children. Protect us and give us a safe and peaceful working week. Thank you so much. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.